Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. I read that it takes you eight hours. Somewhere between eight and 12 hours to go from ideation to publish for one video. Is that true? Well, yeah, depending on the size of the video. Yeah, I write pretty fast now. I've done I've done over a thousand of these. So actually so, getting the idea, I have like a solid filter for what's a good idea and what's not. That's probably the most important thing to have. Then, you know, I'm writing the script or, or, or a guy on my team writes the first edition of the script. I make an edit. I film it. That The filming process is actually really quick. I'll hammer out a video in like four minutes. But mm-hmm. I send it off to my editing team who are beasts. These guys are the best. And they'll spend a full shift on it. So they'll spend eight hours editing this, you know, one minute video. Wow. So, okay. So you guys all get together for the ideation first, or just, just like walk me through the granular steps of how that happens. It's from all over the place. Like I saw, for example, today I saw a post from ESPN NFL. It was a quote from DeMarcus Ware. And it was talking about Micah Parsons. He has all the tools to be Lawrence Taylor. I was just having a conversation with my dad last night about, how the NFL is hell-bent on making Micah Parsons into Lawrence Taylor. They are going so far with this thing. So when I see that post today on my Instagram feed, I'm like, okay, that's just ammo. Now I have like a visual aid to put into this script. It's going to look even better now. I'm reinvigorated to write this thing. I got some of my thoughts out with my dad last night. Let's write this. I write it. I film it. I get it to the team. How long did it take to write the script? 30 minutes, not roughly. When you edit the script or or someone writes the first edition, and I know this is like very granular, but I think it's super important for people who want to be creators. What are you looking for to be in the script? Because I, I read in this in, in this interview, but I also just based on what I know, you've got some of the best hooks, meaning the the thing that gets viewers listening and interested and not to swipe left or right or out of there. Like, So what's the most important thing for you when you're building that? Yeah, it's a fine line you got to walk. You can't be so sensational and be like, this is the greatest, you know, all this stuff, because then you're going to lose people's trust. It's probably not the greatest, the most crazy thing ever you heard. And I see people who do that. And, you know, I I don't think it's sustainable. So you got to give people something without giving them the whole thing. You have to make it exciting without making it sensational. it's, It's a balancing act. You have to weigh these things and be like, okay. How can I not give up enough information here, but still gain their interest 
and still make them need to watch the whole video, which I don't, some people have a problem. They call that clickbaiting and stuff. I really don't think it is like, I, I think of my story structure in a lot of the same ways that like movies are written. There's context, there's characters, there's setting, there's tension. A movie wouldn't be fun if they just gave you the ending right away. You know, you gotta, you gotta add some build up here. Yeah, you have to say, hey, like, check this little that trailer. The trailers wouldn't exist if we didn't have to draw people in. So how many people do you have working with you on your staff right now? And how did it, how did it go from you by yourself in L.A. to now you having a little squad? Well, I'll start in L.A. I tell people this all the time. Like, you don't, I got the nice mic right here, so do you. You know, you don't need this stuff. Like, the biggest mistake some of these newer creators make is they want to buy everything right away. I had an iPhone seven. I used like a suction cup and put it on the wall and used the front camera. It was nice and sunny in LA. So I was near a window, didn't need any lighting, but I couldn't film when it was dark. You know, I had to get, I had a little window here, but you know, I had a $50 mic from target. I did have a MacBook pro, but that's it. Like, you know, I just cleaned up the room that I was living in so it didn't look messy for people and made the videos. You know, it's a low barrier to entry nowadays. You don't need to have all this fancy stuff. You got to slowly, slowly level up. You use like um, whatever, Final Cut or you, you edit it in post, correct? You wouldn't just do straight to camera post no. on TikTok. You would do straight to camera, upload to the MacBook Pro and then put what we call B-roll in, which is the video footage that you have overlaying your audio, right? Yeah, so I had all these skills. I, like I said at the top, I've been making these videos since 2008. I used to use Windows Movie Maker. You know, that was the, the worst thing ever. iMovie, some of these programs. Then I went to Final Cut. Now I'm at Adobe Premiere. So I know how to use all this stuff. I had those skills. The skill I really didn't have at the beginning was being on camera talking. I never did any of that. I was like, hey, I got zero followers. Like <laughs> no one's going to see this, you know, it's like, who cares? It's like my friends don't even have TikTok yet. It's pretty early. So I was like, Hey, you know, like even if I, if I'm terrible here, no one's going to see it. Sure enough, my first video gets a hundred thousand. And I was like, ah, well, you know, at least I got the stats to back it up now if I'm terrible. Interactive media major in college of Miami of Ohio. I think the thing that's interesting to me is it feels like just from moment one, you kind of just knew that this was your game plan. Like, what is that program? What did you learn? How much of that do you use every day now? I'm one of the few people who really uses their major, at least like from my friends in college. But yeah, it, it, it did feel right. I didn't know Miami had this major when I went there. I was undecided and I was going to try and get in the business school. I got like a D in Calc. That wasn't happening. I wanted to be an entrepreneurship major. It wouldn't let me be an entrepreneurship major. Like makes no sense to me at all. But, you know, it's all for the best. I find interactive media. I finish out that major. And there wasn't really any job for me. Like I came out of college and... I was jobless for six months. It sucked. Like I felt pretty bad about myself, to be honest. All my friends were like working, making money. I was like, damn. I went for an interview as like a loan support analyst. That was painful. I was like, no, I cannot. I hope they don't offer me this job. I do not even want to have to say no to them. So, you know, shout out to all the loan support analysts out there. No disrespect, but wasn't for me. Finally found the thing at Clutch Points and, you know, that wasn't for me either, but you know, I learned a lot of valuable things there and part of ways and did my own thing in 2020. So for those who don't know, my man 
Frank Smith was running the socials for Clutch Points and killing it there. And what I thought was interesting was the interview that I that I read was that they were totally fine with you doing your own thing while you were working there until you surpassed them. What was that like conversation like and and what did that sort of teach you? That was wild. I'm that made no sense to me at all. Like I I wanted to win so bad. I'm a competitive person. I really wanted to win when I was there. I was like we got to do new stuff. We got to be more creative. We got to like we got to evolve as a brand here. We need to do original content. Like I said, a lot of it's aggregated and that they made a business model off of that. I'm not saying there's anything like wrong with it, but I wanted to level up and I saw this original content as a way to do that. And I would tell them every Monday we had this meeting about TikTok. I was like, look, this stuff's working for me. We should lean into this. We should be reposting this. We should be, you know, devoting resources to this. And they kind of just blew me off week after week until I passed them. And then their, their whole attitude flipped and they said they owned my page. It was crazy. It was like, they were trying to basically say that like everything I created in my own time on my own phone was theirs. And at that point, like the relationship had totally soured and there was no way that I was going to continue working there. I was already working remote, which was weird anyway. And um, I was like, no, I'm just going to better myself and do my own thing. So they fired me. Their loss. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus you're done with clutch points, but you're still in LA. You go off, you do it all by yourself. Now walk me through how you get from that to living in Pittsburgh with the team media moguldom. All right. So first of all, I love Pittsburgh. You're not going to hear a lot of like creators in Pittsburgh. Although like my guy Cullen is here. It's not exactly a creator hotbed. It's the opposite move you would make if you're starting a media company, a production company. You're like, oh, let me move from L.A. to Pittsburgh at like the peak of this business. You know, I was doing like 80 million views a month. Things were going well. So I was like, yeah, let me move to Pittsburgh. And a lot of people's minds, they were probably like, that's the opposite way that should work. But for me, it was like, I don't know what the point of living in L.A. is anymore. People don't want to meet with you in person. COVID got so weird there that, you know. What's the whole point of being there if you can't build relationships? Everyone just wanted to take a meeting online. I was like, why am I paying all this rent? And I just love Pittsburgh. This is my hometown. I love this city. People here have like a real community connection with the with each other. There's not transplants. You know, it was weird living in LA. Like I'm 
I would walk down the street and people like wouldn't wave at you. Like the simplest yep. things, like no one was friendly ever. And that's something that Pittsburgh really does a good job of. Like we all have this, like, you know, we're all, most of us are born here. So, you know, it just works. But anyway, I had the opportunity to buy my childhood home where I am right now. So I was like, okay, that's perfect. I can set my studio up in the basement. I know I have plenty of room. I love this house. And uh, I made it I made it happen in October of 2021. At what point did you say, okay, I've got the resources where I want to either have people come on to my team or you obviously started a production company as well? So that happened actually while I was still in LA. I got my first video editor. He is a beast. I've worked with him for like six or seven years actually. So he was at Clutch Points. And he was like, I, I taught him how to do most of his edits in the beginning. And this guy, like, He's such a grinder. He is so much better than me in every possible way now. Like he has really taken that minor lesson I gave him at the beginning, like six or seven years ago, and become so talented. Like he's so committed to his craft. He helped me build the rest of our video editing team. We have like 10 guys now. Wow. So, so we don't just edit for me. We have a whole portfolio of snap shows we do. We take brands on as clients. We've really taken this team and and built it out in a couple of different ways here. So yeah, credit to him, credit to our relationship. And I mean, it just helps to have someone who's actually committed to their craft. Like there's two different kinds of people you hire. I've definitely realized this. There's the one person that's just like, yeah, I'm here to like do my thing. And the other person's like, I want to get better. And it's, it's like that you see it happen in sports too. Like you draft a rookie who never gets any better. They're probably not working hard enough. Like This guy's yeah. the opposite. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting too, because you... As somebody who's like that, who's almost maniacal about every day, I guess, as you can tell, if I'm me and my friend who's worked on the podcast with me since the beginning are like passing back and forth, like, what do you think makes this video really good? Like, why did this video go viral? There's a, there's an element of like always wanting to improve. And when people don't have that, it's, it's just a very jarring, jarring feeling. Um, I can't imagine living that way. I think about this a lot, actually. And I've I've come to terms with it. It used to frustrate me a lot. But I've come to terms with, like, some people just, they're not interested in that. And that's not going to change for them. And it's something you have to accept. Do you think that there are stories that are good that you make that don't go viral? Like, ha is there a story that you remember making that you were like, yeah, this thing's going to crush? And the oh, algorithm, for, sure. for whatever reason, just did not respond. And if so, what was it? Oh, did not respond. Just did not respond. You know what? I'll have to look through. Can I give you the opposite? Yeah. Okay. So I did a story on Barry Bremen. And he, for anyone who hasn't seen the video, there's actually an, an E60 on him that's really good too. He was a, a professional fraud. He would go to games and get on the court by like dressing like the players. And he was famous for this. Like everyone kind of loved him. If you did it nowadays... The, the today's equivalent is like the guy who used to be Clay Thompson. Remember him? Yes, yes, yes. So no one likes that guy. Like he's banned. He can't go to games anymore. Barry Bremen was such a likable guy and such a pioneer in this stuff that everyone kind of like loved when he did it. And it was a thing like, oh, Barry Bremen, like the imposter is here. And when I got that story, I was like, we're going to make a, you know, a TikTok or a short out of this. I was like, this is definitely going to blow up. Like this story is so good. I don't think a lot of people know it, which is a big part. And it, any story that has like a element of 
fraud or crime or foul play or something like that. There's like a hint of that to it. Always going to be better. (laughs) And then what happened? Oh, it blew up immediately everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) What about a video you thought would not do well? And then it just exploded. All right. I'll give this was as an example. So I hadn't tried this format yet. I did a video about the 50, 40, 90 club. And I was like, man, Tony Snell's like in the 50, 40, 90 club. I found this information and I was like, he hasn't missed a free throw in like two years, you know? And it was, it wasn't one of those players. It's like, oh, you know, like he plays four minutes a game. Like he's not qualifying. Like Tony Snell was starting a lot of these games. Now he wasn't shooting a lot, but he was playing a lot of minutes and he was like, he did have the stats. I don't think he ended up qualifying at the end of the season, but I was like, oh my God, what if I made this video and I didn't reveal his name until the very end? I hadn't tried this format yet. So I was like, this could be really bad or it could be amazing because people will have to watch to the end to see. And it ended up being great. Um, but I, I I can't imagine like making a video about Tony Snell and it doing well. Like there's like not that much interesting stuff about Tony Snell. Except for was he on the club trillion too, or he had like he was in the oh yeah the game. the zero game <laughs> yeah the zero game stories you mentioned that you at one point didn't want to do stories about yourself or you didn't want to make yourself like a focal point of the video, but they, those are crushing those like you said create value for an audience. At what point in the process for you did you realize that you were just as important as whatever it is that you were talking about? Well, I definitely realized that when everyone copied my style. When everyone started making videos that were identical to mine, I was like, okay, now my face is actually like integral here because it's the differentiator between people trying to do my style and me doing my style. They don't have me. So definitely at that point, and you'll see it so often with the thumbnails. The thumbnails is crazy. The fact that I started making these colorful thumbnails with the cutout above the text, and then everyone tried to do that. There's so it is pretty sick. It is pretty sick. Let's be honest. It's nice. I love it. But like, (laughs) my God, there's so many other ways to be creative here. I'm surprised that like, there's people doing it now that don't even know they're doing mine. They're doing someone else that did mine. And you know, that, that was definitely a turning point, but I will make videos about myself to answer your question. It's just got to be interesting enough. Like people have to realize, like I don't live some like crazy lifestyle. Like a lot of creators don't. Anyone who read the Shams article knows he doesn't. He's on yeah. his phone 20 hours a day. You know, I'm I'm not doing those numbers, but you know, a lot of my days spent hanging out in my studio, like editing videos and writing scripts with my cat down here. You know, it's like, you know, it's not exactly story worthy content. So what's next? What do you what do you want to like what's the big dream for you? A couple things on the radar right now. The hunt, which I talked about earlier, which is a great way to put myself into the content. I love actually meeting the people who watch my videos and it's always an amazing interaction. And to add some level Humbling. of creativity there is is even better. So I'm really excited to work on that. We have, we have built fantasy games before five card draw is a big one. I've done it for years, really popular. We have some big plans with that. I'm involved in an agency, a creative agency called supersonic. We brought on a couple brand clients there and we share my video editing team. 
So, you know, that's kind of the whole thing right now with creators, right? It's like you can only go so far with the actual content. Like unless you're Alex Cooper or Joe Rogan or, you know, Mr. Beast, but he's even a good example of someone that built a business on the side in addition to his billions of views. You you have to take what you're building and, and build businesses off of it. So that's definitely the next step for me. Fascinating. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.